The Trinell Financial Group is an independent firm not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. All securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member FINRA SIPC. Investments are not FDIC and CUA insured. No Baker Credit Union guarantee may lose value. Welcome back to What Is Your Money Really For podcast. My name is Cody Braun. I am your host and I have with me here Tyler Braun, the author of Eight Things I Wish I Knew Before I Retired. And we are going to be talking about taxes today. We acknowledged on Monday, April 15th, tax day. And even though we are not CPAs or tax professionals, it has a huge impact on the finance industry and the investments. And we're going to dive into a couple questions to make sure that you are thinking what you're going to do with that tax refund or some things that you can do. But before we jump into that, I want to say thank you for all of us joining us today. If this is your very first time, welcome. You are in for a real treat. And we're going to go ahead and Tyler, i got a couple questions here. But tax day, this is the day that most of the accountants and the CPAs They've and the tax people take off, right? Been, well, <laughs> I don't know if they take <laughs> off. Maybe, maybe the day after tax day. But it's a national holiday to every CPA out there. I can guarantee that. Yep. And you're here working hard, many much like most of the financial professionals. And I'm not, I'm not giving any of those guys hard times. I love those guys. We work very closely with many of them. But speaking about taxes, Tyler, what right there's there's several things that happen. You're either gonna get a refund, hopefully a big refund. Yep. Or do we want a big refund? Well, I guess that's that's the first question. Or we're going to be paying money into the government, which none of us like to do. Or we're going to be kind of break even right there. So yeah. help me understand, you know, where should we be falling? Where do we really want to be looking to fall for those of us who got a refund close or had to pay in? Well, you know, death and taxes are the two things you can't avoid. Death and taxes. You're right. right. Two very depressing topics to talk about as well. Yeah. Really? We're going to be talking about that today? <laughs> So ultimately, when you look at it in a perfect world, you would break completely even on tax day, right? Some people even say it'd be okay to owe a small refund. So in a perfect world, if we were to break even, that means I paid in exactly what I owed and I got to keep everything that was really mine. Uh, On a month-to-month basis, yeah. So, I mean, there's people that prefer to get a big refund and their logic or thought behind that is it's forced savings. So what they're doing is they're basically overpaying taxes every single month or every single pay period and knowing that in April when they file their refund or their return, they're going to get a large refund that they can use and it's after tax money. So they can take that and and go on a vacation, take that, buy the vehicle, take that and spend that money. It's for savings for those individuals. But really when you think about it, the government does not pay you any interest to hold your money for that 12 month or that 10 month cycle, whatever it is. So if you think about it, if you're overpaying, let's say you got a $10,000 refund, which is sizable. Sweet. Right? You get a $10,000 check in April, which is great, but you didn't get any interest on that $10,000 at all. Right? So the government literally got a interest-free loan of your money for a 12 month period. So it's only a, way, dis, it's it's the a, only thing worse <laughs> out there than CDs is uh, lending money well, to the government. It's a, huh? <laughs> it's, a, it's a disservice to your money to actually allow it to be interest free for that period of time. So in a perfect world, right, you'd break even or you'd owe slightly. Uh, that way the government didn't get to hold on to your money interest free for that entire period of time. Oh, great, great explanation. Uh, so for those of you who got large refunds, what you're telling us is that 
hey, we should probably reevaluate that yeah. to see if we can get a little bit closer to break even Correct. so that we can make our money work for us. Yeah, justice. So you think about it. If you were paying, like I said, $10,000 over in that example, you can adjust your withholding where instead of paying an extra $833 a month in taxes like you've been doing, that's 10000 divided by 12, you're basically taking it and saying, well, ultimately I'm going to receive $800 plus extra per month that I can utilize for my day-to-day living or invest or grow with interest, something like that. Yeah, and their tax professional uh, can help them do that. No that question. Correct? No question. Awesome. So Tyler, next question. Uh, thinking ahead to now that tax season is over, right? We're in the new year and there's going to be another new tax season coming up because it yeah. happens every year, right? What are some things that we should be thinking about or preparing for or possibly doing now to help us for the next tax season yeah. that might impact uh, us and our finances? Well, and I would ask the, a CPA or a tax professional that you're working with these questions, but really what you want to look, look at, especially if you owed money, is how to reduce that ordinary income level that you're taxed on, right? So if you're breaking it down and you owed you know, $5,000 as a refund, is there a way for you to defer some income, meaning not show as much ordinary income in the eyes of the IRS by deferring it, whether it's a 401k, an IRA, a SEP, a SEP IRA, any kind of qualified plan through an employer that you can defer or put money away pre-tax, it lowers that ordinary income level, which means you pay less money to Uncle Sam in taxes, and you're actually putting it into your pocket to grow tax deferred until you take it out in retirement, and you possibly could be at a lower income bracket. So that's one of the main things that you look at and you can plan for now and have a full year to defer that income. So that's a good thing. That's step one. Step two that you look at is you look at how much income you had last year and are there ways for you to look to the future to do things more efficiently for taxes? Are you able to add to a Roth IRA, right? You're never going to pay taxes on the growth if utilized properly with a Roth IRA and you're limited on how much you can contribute each year. Are you maximizing that potential and can you maximize that potential? So let me just let me just interrupt you right there. So let's let's make sure we're really clear here. Right, the difference between a Roth IRA yeah. and a regular RIA because that's a regular huge RIA, IRA. IRA. Right. Yep. That's a huge difference there Correct. Uh, between so, those two. So a traditional IRA is similar to like a 401k that you'd see through a qualified plan or a, an employer sponsored plan. And that's money that you can put away. They call it pre tax. So if you added a contribution to a traditional IRA, you get to deduct that contribution from your ordinary income. So if you made $100,000, for example, and you contributed $5,000 to a traditional IRA, you're only showing taxable income of $95,000 in the eyes of the IRS. You're paying less in taxes now. With a Roth IRA, right, that's post-tax money. So if you made that $100,000, adding to a Roth IRA is not going to help you with your taxes now. But if you made a $5,000 contribution into a Roth, any gains that you have will not be taxed if you utilize it properly, right? So you won't pay any gains or any taxes on the growth of that account. So it's a very, very nice investment that you can utilize to avoid taxes in the future. So that's another piece that you have to look at when you're doing your tax planning. And then this is the same thing. You know, when you get close to, you know, the, not even the end of the year, when you're going throughout the year, you need to be talking to a professional, a financial professional or a tax professional, and look at different ways to tax harvest, 
right? So especially if you've got a portfolio where you're getting dividends that are coming in, are they qualified dividends, right? Qualified versus non-qualified dividends are two totally different taxes that you have to get applied for. And obviously non-qualified dividends are a higher tax rate than qualified dividends are. And people don't think about those things. You know, are you in investment vehicles that have turnover, right, that cause taxes for you? So a lot of mutual funds that you may hold if it's held in an after-tax account, a taxable account, or a lot of people call it a brokerage account that's not in an IRA or a Roth. A mutual fund will typically have a form of turnover, meaning that internal money manager is buying and selling inside of that mutual fund, and you'll pay taxes without even knowing it, right? You can actually buy into a mutual fund, and let's say you bought it and put $10,000 in. At the end of the year, it's worth 9500 because the stock market was down, and you can still own capital gains on that account at oh, the end of the year, that's, right? That's just adds insult to injury. No question. You're pouring salt in a wound. So you lose money and you got to pay taxes on gains from products they had held or assets they had held prior to. So there's a lot of different things. So in a nutshell, review, adding to a qualified plan to reduce your taxable income. See if you can add to a Roth IRA. Look at the investment vehicles that you're in to make sure they're as tax efficient as possible. And then look at tax harvesting as well throughout the year. So really quick, what is tax harvesting? Like what is that's a that's a word that probably not a lot of people are familiar with or here. Thank you. That's a great question. That is a great question. Um, so tax harvesting is a way to look at if you have any losses to offset any gains. So what I mean by that is a, a long term capital gain. Let's say you held a stock and you held it for one year and one day. That classifies any growth that is had in that account to be long-term capital gains, which is a lower tax rate typically than what's called short-term capital gains, which would be your ordinary income level. So in that example, let's say your ordinary income level is 25%, and for the average American, their long-term capital gains rate is typically around 15%. It's a 10% savings on that gain, right? So for long-term capital gains, if you had something that was way up or appreciated way up in value. Let's say you had a stock that was up $10,000 from where you started, and then you had a stock that was down $10,000 from where it started. You could sell that stock at the $10,000 loss and sell that stock at a $10,000 gain and pay no taxes. A, a long-term capital loss offsets a long-term capital gain, and you're able to harvest that loss to lessen that impact. So at the, as you get closer to the end of the year, if you have something that's greatly appreciated or you sold something throughout the year and you can see they call it a realized gain on your statement, you want to look, do I have any losses that I can help offset or limit this tax liability by selling something at a loss? And that's a tax harvest. Awesome. That was a great explanation. I appreciate it. Tyler, we are going to wrap for today. Just want to let everybody know we are not CPAs. We are not tax experts by any mean, but they are very closely related with our finances and dealing with investments, which we are very good at. Um, and also, I would encourage you and a tax professional along with a financial professional to work together to really help take advantage of all these things that Tyler was mentioning here today to really get your biggest bang for your buck, so to say. Yeah, get everything working together. Yeah, so great, great job, Tyler, today. Thank Appreciate you. you sharing that information. want to say thank you so much for all of you joining us. Uh, uh, if you would, if you could rate us or if you would share this with somebody who you think could find this of value, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for all of you here listening to us again. We will catch you again next time on What Is Your Money Really For podcast. 
The Trinell Financial Group is an independent firm not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. All securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member FINRA SIPC. Investments are not FDIC and CUA insured. No bank or credit union guarantee may lose value.